Hey, I'm Zach. Thanks so much for checking out this week's message. I hope that it encourages you. I hope it challenges you. And I hope that it causes you to dive deeper into God's Word. I also hope that you have some community around you that you can talk through some of these things with. And if you don't, we'd love to invite you to be a part of our community here at Restore, whether that's coming to one of our Sunday gatherings or coming to one of our Restore groups. Either way, we would love to see you. You can get more information about that on our website at RestoreAustin.org. And I hope you enjoyed this week's video. good. I love that. You won't find it under a tree, but all around you, and it will change everything. Yes, it will, huh? Uh, I just want to take a couple minutes and talk to you a little bit about um, just this greatest gift. Um, we were talking about it as a, a staff team um, a while back, and um, Sonia, our kids director, actually had the idea of um, celebrating Jesus as a greatest, the greatest gift together. And uh, I was thinking through what that means, um, just overall, what does that mean for us as we celebrate together, you know? And uh, I, um, every great gift, like no matter what it is, has something behind it, right? It has a history, it has a purpose, it has a, a meaning or something to it. Um, it's not like something's just handed to you that you knew nothing about, right? For example, if you give a kid a lightsaber and he's never seen Star Wars, it's just a sword, right? But if you've seen Star Wars, it's ultimate power. Am I right? Any Star Wars fans out there? It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Got a few hands. Good. Love it. Thank you. Big one over there from Zach. Yep. Um, and Jesus is no different. You know, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, uh, has a story as well. And uh, it starts, uh, at least it really takes shape, uh, I believe, in the Old Testament. Um, you see it. Uh, this glimpse of something unique and something big uh, in King David's story. Um, when the prophet Nathan, uh, when God tells the prophet Nathan um, to go tell David something about his kingdom, he says this in 2 Samuel 7, 16. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever I don't know about you, but those are, I think those are pretty big words, right? Like a, a forever kingdom. If God who's giving us a picture of something the world hasn't ever seen, a forever and eternal kingdom, it's pretty amazing. Hundreds of years later, 
um, Isaiah prophesied about uh, this kingdom. He said for, uh, in Isaiah 9, 67, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. What do you need if you have a kingdom? A king, right? So Isaiah is prophesying about this incredible king that will reign forever, that will be called a mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. It's incredible. It's really incredible. And we know now that that king is Jesus. Um, and at the time, especially at the time when Jesus was born, all of Israel was trying to figure out, how do we get this king here? I mean, it's prophesied that he's supposed to be here. What do we got to do? And so they followed so many laws, right, and tried to obey so much so that they could bring the environment for the Messiah, for the king to finally come. And it was crazy because you had so many different groups of people trying to fulfill this. You know, you've heard of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, and it goes on and on of people trying to um, force the will of God, force God to come. But there was a problem, right? The problem was sin. They could never actually be good enough to bring the Messiah. So God gave us his greatest gift in that he came without us being able to earn his coming. Uh, and the prophet Isaiah 12, uh, the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 12 about this day when Jesus is born. He says, in that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, he will draw water from the wells of salvation. And that day you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Church, that is for us to sing for joy because we have a holy one who has come to save us. So I want to invite you to stand with us as we continue to sing together, sing for joy. We just want this place to be like a family living room. Am I right? Like we're all friends. We're all family. We're going to sing Christmas carols. We don't do it but once or twice a year, okay? Unless you're Zach and he, he uh, does that all year round. Um, so I, I just invite you to just sing, sing with joy as we sing together. Seth's going to lead us in uh, my favorite Christmas song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
When Mary saw the tall, shining man standing there, she was frightened. Don't be afraid, the angel said. God is very happy with you. You are going to have a baby, a little boy, and you will call him Jesus. He's God's own son. He is the one. He is the rescuer. The God who flung the planets into space and kept them twirling around and around and around. The God who made the world with just one word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait. God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and she felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God, Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Well, Mary went to tell Joseph what the angel had told her. Joseph, I'm going to have a baby, God's son. He will be the rescuer for everyone. And Joseph was surprised, but God sent an angel to visit him too and told him that what Mary said was true. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem. Joseph was from Bethlehem and the king wanted everyone who was born there to come back to the town so he could count them all. Mary was tired. It was a long, long, long trip, and she had a baby in her tummy. But when they finally reached the little town, they found that every room was full. Every bed was taken. They went from house to house, hoping to find a room. Go away, the innkeeper said. There isn't any place for you. We're all filled up. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come and she needed a place to rest. Finally, one of the innkeepers said, I have a place you can stay, but it's outside with the animals in my stable. And there in the stable, where the donkeys and the cows and the sheep were in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born God's baby son, Jesus. Mary and Joseph wrapped him to keep him warm, and they made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding bowl as his cradle. And they looked at wonder at God's great gift. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because, of course, he had. That same night, suddenly a big new star appeared in the sky. Of all the stars, this one shone clearer and brighter than all the others. Do you know that God put it there? He put it there for his baby, Jesus, to be like a spotlight, shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He had been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. 
So, who do you think were the first people that God told the good news to? Kings and queens? Surely someone very important with lots of power? Well, not quite. God sent his angels to a little hillside to tell a raggedy old bunch of shepherds who were watching their sheep. The shepherds were out by their campfire when the angel appeared. Don't be afraid of me, the angel said. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone everywhere. Today in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He's sleeping in a manger. He will be the light to light up the whole world, chasing away the darkness, helping people to see. The shepherds were so happy to hear this news, and they raced down the hill and through the town until they found the manger. They went inside and knelt on the dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was here, God's son. Sometime later, there were three kings that lived far away from baby Jesus. Now every night they looked at the sky and they studied the stars. But on this one night, they saw a very new bright star. They knew that God had put this star in the sky. They knew it was a sign. They had been waiting for the star for a long time. The star showed them where the, the kings, where Jesus was. The kings followed this star a really, really, really long way. They were so excited to meet baby Jesus that they even brought him special gifts. Then everybody had a big party because they were so glad that God sent baby Jesus. This baby was a new kind of king, a new kind of leader. This king had not come to be the boss. He had come to be a servant. He had come to spread love throughout the entire world and to make a way for all people to be with God forever. It was the best night ever. All right, guys, you did such a good job listening to me. It was the best night ever. Can you imagine all the excitement and all the joy that everybody felt when they saw Jesus? Oh, it was a special night. Because that night, God became a person so he could be with us. Now, the kids have been learning a song called, Oh, What a Special Night. And it looks like they're all transformed until they're stable animals. We have sheep, donkeys, and cows. So if everybody would stand up, and we're gonna sing this song about that very first special night.
can transform back into kids, and you can go stand with your um, parents. So that's just a simple song for preschoolers, but it expresses thanks to God for his gift of baby Jesus and for his willingness to come out of the perfection of heaven and enter into our world. God showed us in Christmas what it means to love and what it means to give. So let's continue to worship him with Matt. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be humming that all day. You will too, but don't laugh. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, we're going to continue to sing together. If you'd like to stand, I'd love for you to uh, sing another Christmas carol.
Lord, we thank you that we get to adore you. Jesus, that you came the most humble of states. You got to show us how great and how humble you are. To show us how far you came to save us. God, thank you. And that this morning we just celebrate the most incredible and the greatest gift the world has ever seen. God, thank you that um, as we just sang, true God of true God, that you came, that you were the light of the world, and that you came to shine light in the darkness. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. Now, anyone that knows me knows that I love Christmas. I love the decorations. I love the lights on the trees. I love the presents. I love the time with family. And I especially love the music. Especially love the music. But you may or may not know, you may or may not have experienced it, but people get really judgy about when you're supposed to start listening to Christmas music. Right? They really do. Some people think that uh, you can't start until after Halloween, right? Like October 31st, it ends. November 1st, you can start listening to Christmas music. Some people think that's way too early, and you have to wait and start after Thanksgiving. Even as I say this, many of you are like, or. See, you have very, we have very formed opinions. People get very judgy about this. Some people even believe that you can't start listening to Christmas music until like the week of Christmas. But I got to tell you, I don't ascribe to any of those. As Matt alluded to earlier, I listen to Christmas music all year round. All year round. It's too good. Oh, come all you faithful, hark the herald angels sing. Tonight we're going to, this uh, morning we're going to close with Oh Holy Night. They're too good to only listen to once a year, guys. So I listen to them all year round, and I experience a lot of judgment for it. It's very difficult. But another thing that I love about Christmas is the lights. I love the lights and like the lights on the trees up here, the lights on your trees at home or the lights on houses. In fact, uh, my family and I are going to be driving around tonight just looking at Christmas lights. We love that. We have the, the trail of lights here in Austin, right? It's 40 displays, over 2 million lights. We took our whole small group over there a couple of weeks ago and just walked through it. And it's just amazing. It's beautiful. I love the lights. And I don't think it's a coincidence that lights are such a big part of Christmas because that's exactly how the Bible describes the very first Christmas in the opening words of the book of John. Here's what it says. In him, that's Jesus, in him was life, and that life was the light of all humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is the story of the very first Christmas. The light of God's love in the person of Jesus Christ disrupting the darkness of our world. And darkness is such a, an interesting and kind of funny thing. You know, it can take something that 
it's completely innocuous or something completely familiar to us, something that we're usually totally comfortable with and make it kind of scary. Your house, which is no big deal normally, if you walk in after being gone for a few days and you forgot to leave lights on and it's late at night, and you walk in and it's dark, it's kind of scary, right? Are any of you kids afraid of the dark? Oh, you're lying. Your silence is deafening. All right, there we go. There's some hands that went up. You know what? Adults don't really like to talk about this very much, but we're kind of scared of the dark too. We are. It's true. You know, it reminds me of a scene from one of my very favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone. Watch it with me. Remember that kid we saw the other day? He lives here. Well, if the kid's there, the parents gotta be. He's home alone. Kidding. You want to come back tonight? Uh-huh. Even with the kid here? Uh-huh. I don't think that's a good idea, Harry. Hey, look, that house is the only reason we started working this block in the first place. Ever since I laid eyes on that house, I wanted it. So let's take it one step at a time, okay? We'll unload the van, we'll get a bite to eat, and we'll come back about 9 o'clock. This way, it's dark then. Yeah. Kids are scared of the dark. You're afraid of the dark too, Mark. You know you... Just like Marv, we're all a little bit afraid of the dark. We may not like to admit it, but it makes us nervous. It scares us sometimes. Here's the crazy thing about darkness. If you just add a little bit of light to it, 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 our fears seem to just start to melt away. Think about it. You put a a little nightlight in your kid's room at night and they just start sleeping better. You put a few street lights on a dark block and people start being out and about at night. In fact, crime actually goes down when you do that. You walk into a pitch black house and you feel really uneasy, but flip on just one little lamp and your anxiety starts to subside. Just a little bit of light in even the darkest places makes all the difference. So the light of God's love through Jesus comes into this dark world and everyone rejoices, right? Not exactly. Look at the next verse, John 1.10. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. His own did not receive him. Our whole time together this evening, we've been talking about the greatest gift, right? Matt talked about how it was anticipated for thousands of years. There was prophecy about it. People were waiting. People were working hard to try to usher it in. Then Sonia talked about the night that it came and God coming to dwell with us, Emmanuel. Jesus to earth in the most incredible circumstances. And now we're primed and ready to hear about how everyone received this greatest gift and rejoiced that it's coming. But that's the great and scary twist of the Christmas story. Many of those who had been anticipating the coming of Jesus didn't accept him when he arrived. 
This greatest gift that they had been waiting for for so long is finally within their grasp and they push it away. They were so consumed with everything that they had going on, with their earthly gifts, with what Matt said of just trying to be good enough to earn it, that they didn't see it when it was trying to be freely given to them. I know what you're thinking because it's what I think every time I read this story. How could they reject the greatest gift of all time? How could they be so consumed with managing their everyday lives that they push away the one thing that could give them abundant life, both eternally and today? They would have to be crazy, right? Nah, they just have to be human. Because the truth is, you and I, we still do this all the time. We get so consumed with chasing the things of this world that we forget about the one who created the world. We spend all our time pursuing the good life that we forget about the one who came to give us a full and abundant life. And especially this time of year, we become so obsessed with, with giving and receiving gifts, with everything being perfect, that we forget about the greatest gift of all. The greatest gift came into the world, but the world did not receive him. Now, it's true. Some people reject Jesus because they're, they're angry and they're malicious and they hate the, the faith and the hope and the love that Jesus stands for. But the vast majority of people reject Jesus because they are simply too consumed with other things in their the vast majority of people reject Jesus, not because they're angry or hateful or malicious, but because they're just too busy with everything else. That they don't stop and realize that they never even had to earn the greatest gift of all. It's freely given. But I'm here to tell you from personal experience that those other things that you're chasing, that we're chasing, they don't satisfy. Because think about it logically, right? You're asking temporal things to eternally meet your needs, and they just never, ever will. You're asking the creation to meet the needs that only the creator can. Now, I know that many of us are just sitting here because it's Christmas Eve. You know, it's Christmas time, and, and this is maybe just another box that you, that you check off. It's, you go to, you know, to the family's house, you eat the big meal, you do a Christmas service, you go to the Trail of Lights, and it's just kind of a, a whole holiday season schedule. But what if this gift we've been talking about doesn't just change our holiday schedule, but it changes everything? I also know that Christmas time can be kind of a tough time. For a lot of us. Maybe you lost someone and this is the first Christmas without them. Maybe you didn't have a lot of good Christmases growing up. And so every time this time of year comes around, it's just those memories come back. I know that this is a tough time of year for a lot of people. But what if this greatest gift didn't just make this time of year a little bit better, but he actually gave you peace and full life all year round. Not easy, 
not carefree, not painless, but, but peace and hope and joy in the midst of hard things. What if that's what this gift really meant? Because I want you to listen to what happens if you do receive this gift. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Receiving this gift means being welcomed into the family of God. If you were taking a, a demographic survey, receiving the gift of Jesus doesn't just change the box you check under religious affiliation. It changes your last name. It changes your family. It changes everything. Because the birth of Jesus that we celebrate on Christmas is just the beginning because he went on to live the perfect life that you and I could never live. The perfection that was being chased for thousands and thousands of years by the people of God and they could never quite grab a hold of it. He did it. He fulfilled it. He lived the perfect life that we could never live. And even though we were the guilty ones because of our brokenness and our sin and our shortcomings, he died the death we deserved. He took our place. And after three days in a tomb, he overcame death with life once and for all by rising from the grave. This is the greatest gift he offers us. Himself. His life. He overcame death once and for all with his life. And now he offers that same life to me and to you not through good works, not through morality, not through church attendance. No matter who you are or what you've done, he offers that gift to you. The gift is Jesus. New life as a part of the family of God. But as amazing as this gift is, it is does nothing if you don't receive it. It means nothing for you or for me if we don't grab hold of it. Say yes to it. Receive the gift. Scripture says that when Jesus came, he was rejected by the ones he knew, but for the ones that did receive it, he gave them the right to become children of God. So if you're here this morning, and you're ready to receive it. We always wanna give you the opportunity to do just that. So I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if you want to, and if you're ready to receive that gift, you can just silently kinda of in your own heart repeat that prayer after me. Let's pray. God, thank you for Christmas. Not because of the presence of the trees or the lights, but most of all, because of your son, Jesus. Thank you that you are not a God who stayed in heaven, but you're a God, Emmanuel, who came to be with us. Thank you that Jesus lived the perfect life, died the death in our place, and then overcame death with life. And thank you most of all that he offers that life to us.
freely receive that gift. I want to be a part of your family. I want the hope and the joy and the love that only comes through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, if you prayed that prayer, I'm not going to ask you to come down and, and, you know, do a dance with Sonia or anything like that. I'm going to be in the back in the prayer area. And if you prayed that prayer, I would love to just talk with you. Mostly because I just love to celebrate with you because it's the very best thing that's ever happened to me. And I think that it changes everything for you too. So I'd love to just talk with you about it. You may have questions about it. Next steps, be wondering what comes after this. And I'd love to walk through that with you too. So I'll be right back there as we sing this last song. But also hear me, if, if you're here this morning and you're not quite ready to do that, you're not quite ready to pray the prayer, you're not quite ready to walk back, I get it, I understand, and that's okay. If you want just some more information about who Jesus is, why he changes everything, and what really receiving that free gift means, on the connection card in your seat, there's a little box that says Jesus, more information about Jesus. If you wanna fill that out and check it off and drop it in that black box on your way out, I'll get in contact with you. We can email exchange back and forth. If you're comfortable, we can sit down and have coffee and talk all through it. Jesus is my very favorite thing to talk about. So I would love, love to do that with you if that's where you are. We're gonna close this evening, or this morning. It feels like Christmas Eve evening, doesn't it? We're gonna close this morning by singing one of my very favorite Christmas carols, Oh Holy Night. Now, if your child or child at heart hasn't found it under your seat yet, there is a candle under your seat. Because of the code, fire code, in the school, we cannot have live flames, but I honestly think these are just as cool. So grab those and stand with me. And as we finish up, I just want to say thanks so much for being here with us today. I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas, and I hope that you're able to encounter Jesus in an intimate and amazing way this holiday season. Matt. Last song, 2017. Let's do it.
you guys have a Merry Christmas. Love you. See you in 2018.